Welcome to What's Going On, the weekly podcast and videocast of First United Methodist Church in Yankton, South Dakota. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of What's Going On. I'm Pastor Katie from First United Methodist Church here in Yankton, South Dakota, and I'm glad that you're joining me for this week's video and audio podcast on what's going on in the life of our church and as we dig deeper into the sermon. This week our sermon was our second in the series on the book of James that we are diving in during the month of September and man I talk about James being this short book uh, and it's really kind of easy to understand and easy to read but it's hard to read and it's hard to preach because I find it to be so convicting and so Uh, challenging because it is so straightforward that you can't sort of wiggle your way around trying to sort of um, interpret your way around it to make yourself feel better. Like James says pretty straightforward what he believes and uh, it can be very convicting and so the difficulty in James is you know hearing what he's saying and internalizing it and and you know really living it out. Uh, And this week in particular, we looked at James chapter 2, verses 14 to about 24. Originally, I was going to go through 26, but uh, decided to kind of cut it off at 24. And it's about faith and deeds. And so oftentimes as Christians, when we are talking about salvation and we are talking about faith, um, we talk about that it is a gift. And it is that salvation was accomplished through Jesus Christ and his life and his death and his resurrection, through what he did, we have the opportunity uh, for salvation. We have the opportunity to be made right with God. Um, And that's not something that we can earn. It's something that is given to us that we can accept, and then uh, out of that, live out a a holy life, right? So um, it's so important to, I think, when we talk about faith and deeds, to always be clear about that because it can so easily fall into this trap of what we call works righteousness, which is this idea that you have to earn your salvation, that you have to earn your righteousness. Um, And by righteousness, I mean kind of that uh, perfection, that holiness, that holy living. But I think a more accurate representation is to say, uh, you cannot earn what, what, God has given you through Jesus. That that is, and God gave us salvation through Jesus because we could not earn it. But that doesn't mean that there isn't a place for doing good works. Um, in fact, God saved us and God gave us that grace so that we could live out holy lives, so that we could be disciples, so that. Uh, in the words of Paul, who Paul is usually kind of accused of being really on the side of, uh, it's all about grace. Um, but even Paul says that that we are given salvation so that we can do the good works that God has prepared in advance for us to do. We've been included in the kingdom of God so that we can be workers in the kingdom of God, not just so that you know we get inside the gate and then just sit there. Uh, that that God is made that sacrifice through Jesus for us so that we could do good works, so that we could spread the gospel, so that we could do these things. And they're not things that we're doing so that we can be saved. They're doing things because we have been saved. 
they are now possible for us to do. And so that's what James is addressing and talking about, is that faith is what saves us. But faith is only really made real when we act on it, when we live it out. And unless you are acting out your faith, it doesn't it doesn't matter. <laughs> you can say all that you want, but unless you're actually living according to your faith, um, it's not real. And that's a pretty convicting thing, I think. It's a pretty convicting thing. You know, well, I say that I'm a Christian, but I actually, there's nothing about my life that really backs that up. Um, you know, I think of people who for whatever reason, you know, have kind of quit attending church or, um, you know, haven't read their Bible or, or don't say any prayers or anything, but, but, you know, have a sense that, that God is real and that God is in the world, um, you know, and they say, well, I believe in God and I believe that Jesus was real. That's enough. Like, I don't really need any of this other stuff. Um, but that's just not really the case because... We do. We do need these things. We do, in order for our faith to be alive, it has to be fed, right? In order for our faith to be alive, it has to be used. Um, and unless you're using it, then you don't really have it. Um, and that's, that's, a pretty, that's a pretty bold statement. And I feel like I'm probably going to tread that line a few times and, and it's going to feel, it should feel uncomfortable. Um, if you're feeling convicted, I don't want you to hide away from that. I want you to kind of sit with it because that's what James does is he convicts us to say, have I been living my life uh, according to what I say I believe? Or um, do I say this, but really I believe these other things and, and are living according to those values? And I'm not saying that that's you, but I think that's maybe more of us than what we, we care to to want to even admit to ourselves. And James, again, because he is so blunt, he just puts it right out there. And so, um, again, your faith should lead to action. And and again, it, I, I just want to be so careful about what I'm saying, but remember that through your salvation, through accepting Jesus Christ uh, into your life as your Lord, um, putting Jesus kind of as as the person that you're going to follow to become a disciple of Jesus, part of that process, you receive a gift. And that is the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit begins working in you to help make you um, more and more like Christ. In the Methodist tradition, we call that going on to perfection, that through the work of the Holy Spirit dwelling within you, um, we should see evidence of you changing and becoming more and more motivated by love, love of God and love of others. Uh, and so again, these actions aren't to prove that you have faith. They are a natural outflow of your faith and they are a natural outflow of God working within you, something that God is doing. Uh, so again, that is that gift. It is not something that we're earning, but it it's, it is a way for us to kind of be able to tell like, is there progress? And and one of the things you can look at is in Galatians 5.22, it talks about the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That these are things that when the Spirit of God is dwelling within you and God is working within you, that you are going to grow in these things. That is the mark of someone who 
who has the spirit within them, who is a follower of Jesus, whose faith is alive and active, is that they are going to be marked by those characteristics. Um, and so James is saying, I should be able to look at your life and see evidence of this. If your faith is alive, if you are living out what you believe, then you're going to be more loving. You're going to be more patient. You're going to be more kind. You're going to have some self-control. You're going to have all these things because that's what God does when God is working in a person. If you are not exhibiting these qualities, if you are not growing in these things, if you have not spent um, any time intentionally investing in your faith and, and investing in the kingdom of God, then it's probably not fair to say that you really have an active faith. And again, that's, that's a bold statement. And it's a bold statement for me to say it to a computer screen, knowing that there might be someone behind there who's, who's hearing that and feeling, feeling convicted or feeling like, you know, is there enough evidence? Because I think that's something that I struggle with. Is there enough evidence in, in my life um, that shows that my faith is alive? Is there, have I done enough? Is, is it clear that God is working within me? And that's, I think, a really, I don't know what that line looks like, um, but I think there is a sense of, you know, you can look back and say, have I grown in these areas? You know, I think about, you know, I've talked to, in the last week I talked about my, my weight loss journey and that's something, um, you know, it's tangible, right? I can look back at pictures a year ago and see how I've changed and see how my body has changed. I can see how my habits have changed. I can see how I handle things differently. And I know that I've moved. Am I where I need to be? Is there still room for growth? Yes, but I can look back and see the growth that has happened. And I think that it's kind of, you can do that with your faith as well, uh, with these fruit of the spirit. Um, or, you know, like James says, again, it's not just about what you believe, it's about what you do. And so you can look back and see those opportunities where you had a chance to act on your belief and trust in God. And did you do it? Did you trust in God with whatever that was? Or didn't you? Did you instead trust in yourself or trust in something else. Uh, and he uses the example of Abraham, which is a really tough passage in scripture because uh, in Genesis we see Abraham, who is considered the father of faith, but part of that is because God had asked Abraham to sacrifice Isaac, which is his only son. Well, he has Ishmael, but Ishmael was not uh, the, the heir, Isaac was. And God said, I want you to sacrifice Isaac. And it didn't make any sense, and Abraham didn't understand it, and loved Isaac, but still believed that God was for him. And so he was willing to do this thing that seemed crazy because of how much he trusted God. And God didn't actually make him go through with it, uh, which I'm really grateful for, and I think there's still some troubling aspects to that story that I don't have time to suss out today, but, but it's this idea of putting, putting your, your feet where your faith is, right? Um, I think about that even in my own life and in my own call to ministry. I, when I was wrestling with that call to ministry, there was, I had to really like wrestle with the idea of, do I trust God? that God is calling me? Do I trust that if I answer this call, that God is going to equip me, that God is 
not going to lead me down a road that that makes me miserable <laughs> and that sounds terrible but that's kind of how I felt like I really wanted to be married and I really believed that if I became a pastor that I would never get married because I was like who dates a pastor nobody dates a pastor well that's that's not true actually um but I had to let go of believing that um I knew me best and trust that if God was calling me to this, that God would be faithful and that it would be the right path for me. Uh, and, and so to leave what I knew and to leave kind of a, a path that I was on that I thought was going to bring me the most happiness to, to the path that God was calling me to that I had been resisting for quite a while. Um, for me, I see that as kind of one of my Abraham moments of I'm going to I'm going to trust that that this is right because I believe that this is what God is telling me to do. Uh but that meant going back to school when I had debt. It meant leaving a job and a church that I loved and and children that I loved um to pursue another degree. It meant um committing to a life of itinerancy and moving uh which I wasn't really keen on and it's difficult for sure. Um but it was it was a act of faith and it was an act of stepping out in faith and i'm sure that that many of you have stories like that when you look back in your life where you see those kind of key moments where okay god is asking me to do this and i can either make an excuse and find a reason why i i, I can't do it or that god couldn't really be asking me or i can say if i believe that god is good and I believe that God is faithful and that God loves me and that God is calling me to this, that I need, I need to follow it. I need to step out in faith and do it. James is saying, that's when your faith is real. In that moment, when you say, I'm gonna do it. Not because of my own qualities, not because of my own desires but because this is what God wants and so I'm going to trust in God and go where God is leading to me that's powerful and if that's the kind of faith a person has you see it and you see it and and it is it is incredible and it is uh you know the, they're the kind of people that you just like they get it in a way that I wish I did and part of that is just because they kept choosing God and they kept stepping out in faith in little things and then in big things. Um, but it's a constant journey. It's a journey to keep doing that and to keep growing in your faith and building in that. And you can have seasons where you've stepped out of faith a lot and then have seasons where you kind of, you know, hold back again a little bit for whatever reasons. Um, but finding finding that your faith is really alive the most when you choose to trust God and choose to act in ways that are in alignment with what God teaches and with what Jesus taught and with what God desires. Like that's, that's how you grow your faith. That's how you live out um, your salvation. That's, that's what it is. That's what, what being in the kingdom of God is about. Um, and so this week has been really like challenging because it's it, it causes 
at least for me, a lot of self-reflection and, and to say, you know, I can point to these things in my past. Where am I right now? Does my life reflect what I say I believe? And I think that's really important, especially as a leader in the church, that I'm authentic and that I'm doing my best to live out what I say I believe and, and to make decisions along those lines. But um, I'm not perfect at it. Nobody, I don't think anybody is. Um, but it is good to be mindful of that, that am, are my priorities in line with what God would want? Am I loving God and loving my neighbor? Am I making decisions that are about loving God and loving my neighbor? Uh, am I putting others before myself? Am I sacrificing for the sake of others? I think those are things that are in line with the teachings of Jesus. And so I hope that as you start to kind of wrestle with this, um, that you start looking at things in those kind of lenses. In particular, I think, you know, when Jesus said the greatest commandments are to love God and love neighbor, um, that's a great lens to be able to say, are my actions reflecting those teachings? Am I loving God and loving neighbor? Or am I making decisions because of what I want, my preferences, my desires? Or am I allowing God to shape that for me? Those are pretty big things. Um, I'm going to be honest that this week <laughs> isn't any easier. Uh, but I think it's good. I think it's really, this practical stuff is so important. And one of the things that I take comfort in is the fact that James, and maybe it's weird that I take comfort in this, but this none of this is new. The struggles that we deal with in our, in our faith journeys are the same struggles that people have been dealing with since the church began uh, with which is about you know taking what we've learned and how do we live it out when it's difficult when it kind of conflicts maybe with our own wants and needs and desires um, how do we face times of trial how do we live in community with one another how do we um, put more good into the world you know, things like that. And James is very practical about it. And so I think it is helpful. And I think it is good. And I think it is a good reminder. Uh, but that doesn't make it always easy. And so I do, I am aware that this is a challenging series. If you're listening and really like paying attention, I think it can be a really challenging series. And I hope that you are doing that. Um, and it does apply, I think, to some of what we're dealing with as a church right now as well, which is the big thing is finding... Uh, enough volunteers for the things that we need and again I realized that that uh, I just preached on like you have to live out your faith you have to be willing to be active in it and part of that might look like volunteering for things in the church and being willing to uh, give of yourself uh, for for the mission and ministry that we have going on here and and knowing that things might not be the way that you would want them to be. I think none of us are like super excited about um, kind of the limitations we have right now. I think all of us would love to get back um, to a more fuller experience of worship than what we have right now. But, um, you know, we are doing these things really because we love our neighbors and we are thinking of those who are vulnerable uh, in the midst of us and want to make sure that uh, for those who technology just hasn't worked that they can come to the church and worship here safely and 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 especially in 
in our services, we have people who are vulnerable and we have people that, that they need to have the space to come and, and be here in worship. And we want to make it safe as possible for them. And so that's why we do these things. It's not because uh, we <laughs> don't love singing. I love singing. Um, that's not it at all. Uh, it's not because, you know, we don't want you to have fellowship. We do. It's not because we don't want to do Sunday school. We do all of these things, uh, but we are doing them uh, in a cautious way to try to do no harm and to love our neighbors. And we know that God can, God is not limited to a specific kind of worship service. God can speak to you wherever you are. Hopefully God can speak to you through the medium of technology. Otherwise, um, Otherwise, I'm not going to do these anymore because if I didn't believe that God could could uh, use this as an opportunity to continue to grow in our faith, um, then I, I wouldn't see a point in it. But I, th but I, that is what I believe, and that is what I have experienced myself, and so that's why I do those things. So know that we are really, as a church, trying to live out our belief in in truly loving our neighbors as ourselves and and putting the needs of others before our own needs, especially those who are the most vulnerable among us, um, who we're trying to, to make things as safe as possible for them to be here. Uh, and so that is what we're doing. That is what we want to do. Um, and so I know it's, I know it's tough and I get that. Uh, but I would ask that you would continue to um, do your part to, um, you know, if you're sick, don't come to worship. Um, if you aren't sick, if you know you can come, you know, consider signing up and, and being part of that volunteer rotation because I do believe that that is a way we can live out our faith is by making it possible for others to continue to grow in their faith. Um, and so that's, that's part of, I think, our application of James in the month of September is really... Um, all of us looking to see what what is it that God is asking us to do? How is God asking us to live out our faith right now? Uh, keeping in mind uh, the concerns that that we have about safety and about um, the health of those that are near and dear to us. Uh, but there are ways for all of us to be involved in the ministry here. And so um, I want us to continue to move forward, to continue to have our church to grow, uh, and to find um, the best ways to be uh, light and hope for those who have yet to experience it. Um, there's a lot of opportunity right now to share the love of Christ because, frankly, there's not a lot of love being shared uh, kind of in the public sphere. And so we can really be an alternative voice that says, we're going to live away in a way that, that teaches us to love one another and to point to God, a God who loves us so much, who's so unconditional in his love that he sent Jesus to provide a way for our salvation. The least we can do is to live out uh, that love and trust, knowing that grace is real. And if we have grace, let us show grace to others. I feel like I've been kind of all over there, all over the place today. So I hope that this has uh, been a good video for you. And we will see you next week as we dive into the third chapter of James. Yay! All right. Well, God bless you and have a great week. Thank you for joining us on this episode of What's Going On. 
We'd love to have you join us for worship on Sundays at 8.30 or 11, either in person in our sanctuary with our safety protocols in place or online on our website at www.firstumcyankton.org.